Hello, and welcome to our second in the World Sustainability Collective Purpose Planet podcast series that features one of our founding members, Danielle Hayward. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. Daniel, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about why and when you founded your company. Yeah, of course. So, um, well, originally, if I sort of start right back at the beginning, my um, I've all I've nature has been a big part of my life for as long as I can remember, and um, I, along with many others, I think have sort of been watching what we've been doing to the planet as a human race over the um, over the last few years, and um, sort of recognise that as business owners, we have um, quite a unique kind of opportunity and responsibility to try and um, influence that and to to make the world a better place, really. So um, I guess from a more practical point of view in terms of when and why I set my business up, I actually originally set up my limited company to um, become a contractor project manager. And then um, COVID happened and scuppered my plans as it did for many um but actually um I joined the NatWest uh, business accelerator program um at the beginning of the pandemic and it sort of gave me the opportunity really to start from scratch in terms of um what I wanted uh, my business to look like and what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with and how I could help um and so that was where um, what I do now uh, was born really so changed from it just being me to actually building a team to support lots of clients all at the same time. Brilliant. Um, how would you describe your business model then and does it have a link to sustainability? Yeah so when I discovered the world of sustainability if you like from a professional point of view I realised that there are two kind of main ways really for me that um sustainability can be embedded into an organization one is um its purpose so at its core does it provide a solution to one of the issues that we have in the world um and then the other is kind of within its strategy and operations so the way that it actually delivers the product or service that it provides so because my background is operational improvements in lots of different sectors and industries um, what I decided I was going to do was provide operational improvement um, solutions and services but focusing specifically on those organizations that have sustainability at their core so when I talk about um, businesses that have sustainability at their core or as their core purpose I'm talking about things like um, recycling companies or green energy companies anything that kind of really exists purely to um, provide a solution or to solve the the problems that we have in the world um, what I now also do um, is kind of support some of those other organizations that are perhaps uh, sort of less climate focused and more also kind of social impact focused so um, I still do a bit of work in healthcare, which is a lot of what my background was in. Um, I work with universities. So anyone that's kind of making the world a better place from lots of different um, perspectives, really. Um, 
the other thing that I'm also doing from for my own business is looking at my own strategy and operations so how do I improve the positive impact from an environmental and social point of view in terms of the way that I deliver my own services as well. And how do you do that Danielle? Um, a bit of a mixture really so I'm, I'm sort of still learning really in terms of what's out there and how best to do it. I think for a long time I was looking into what frameworks were out there that I could use to kind of guide me um the frameworks just really help you know I'm an ex-project manager so I like a process and I like a I like some structure <laughs> so um things like the B Corp um certification things like you know joining networks like the World Sustainability Collective and the Better Business Network and things like that so just kind of learning I'm still on a massive learning curve basically um, but sort of looking to some of those tried and tested networks and frameworks and things to help me along the way. I think we all are to be honest don't we Danielle um, and we need to do it more quickly than perhaps a lot of us think. Mm. Um, if you go back and, and just look at the business model itself of your business how, how would you describe that to our listeners? Um, so I guess it's essentially a consulting model. So I work with clients to either help them sort of design solutions that they need to implement in their business and or um, support them to actually implement those changes. So that is either me and or a team of um, associates or people from within uh, my own team now that I <laughs> now that I'm growing one. Mm -hmm. Um and we support them to yeah design and implement those solutions basically. Okay. Now, looking on your website, you have I think it's three uh, basic services uh, that you refer to as business foundations, business discovery, and business improvement. Yeah. What exactly do each of these entail in terms of uh, offering services to your client base? Yeah. So. Everything I do with my clients falls under a framework that I use when I look at um, an organization's operations quite holistically. So I will always say that an organization will operate most effectively and most efficiently when four elements are kind of operating in harmony with one another, if you like, and also at their optimum um, for each of themselves. So um those elements are people, processes, technology and information. So then for each of the service offers, which are the three kind of service offers that you've described, using the people, processes, technology and information framework, um, I'll look at the business and help them to, or the, the organisation, charity, whatever it is, and help them to identify um, where there are opportunities to make things better, basically, where there are opportunities to make improvements. So the Business Foundations offer is um, aimed at smaller organisations, perhaps um, whether that's startups or whether they're a couple of years in. Um, and that really helps them to um, set things up the right way first time round, if that makes sense. So setting up kind of the processes and the structures and the systems that they need, um, which provides the foundations for them to to grow, really. Um, and then business discovery is 
aimed usually at larger organizations who want like a bit of a diagnostic in terms of the way that they are operating and that's either because they know that they have a specific problem or um they've spotted something in their KPIs that doesn't look right and they don't know what's causing it so they need help figuring it out um or even just you know they kind of know what it is that they want to do but they need some help scoping out what that looks like and prioritizing any initiatives that they might have identified and then the business improvement service offer then is to help them to implement and change uh, and actually um, put those solutions in place so usually um, the business discovery and business improvements uh, services would go hand in hand so we would do a discovery and then we would support with the improvement implementation um, but depending on the way that the organization is kind of set up and resourced it might be that they only need help with one or the other so they might want the, the diagnostic and the planning and then they can do it themselves or they might know exactly what, what they want to do, but they need an extra pair of hands in terms of the delivery. So where are your clients uh, today, Danielle? Are they mainly UK-based? Uh, are they more specifically regionally-based? What is the geographic spread of your client base? The Currently, the geographical spread of my client base is fairly local. So I'm in Leeds. So lots, if not all of them, are kind of Yorkshire at the moment. Um, the nature of what I do means that actually it doesn't really matter where my clients are because um, a lot of what I do can be done virtually. Um, it can be difficult to do things virtually where there is a more um, physical operational element um, to a client's organization so for example if they have like a warehouse and logistics function then often it can be more helpful to get eyes on when helping them to identify opportunities to improve um, but there are a lot of services and a lot of support that I provide that can be done virtually I started locally when I started um, networking and kind of figuring out who I could help and how I could help because it felt like the impact that I could have and the ripple effect that I could have um, would be bigger by sort of starting small and starting local. Um, and in the end, it turned into there's quite a lot to be done locally. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of impact to be had when you do things locally as well. So, for example, when I talk about those clients that do have like a physical operation that I might need to go and see, then obviously the less distance I'm traveling to go and see it, for example, is is going to be better, isn't it? So, mm -hmm. so yeah, focusing sort of Yorkshire and, and maybe the north of the UK for the time being. Right, right. Interesting uh, sort of the way you uh, have pointed out that uh, irrespective of what we learned through the shutdown, where we all were forced uh, onto Zoom and other virtual media, uh, that actually there is a, a very specific role for face-to-face. -face. Uh, given uh, the drive in sustainability terms and particularly climate change terms to be conscious of emissions relating to driving, how, how do you view that if you want to scale your business to grow and yet you have to still go physically to see people? How do you see that being sort of offset, if I can use that expression? Yeah, so I think... I mean, the, the business 
now is growing so it, it's about more than just me and I suppose if you look at actually traditional consulting models what they tend to have is um, employees around the country or around the globe even you know for some of those those really big ones um, so you can try and make it so that the uh, the member of staff lives closer to where you know whoever it is that lives closer to where the client is and you kind of do it that way um again I think you know a lot of it can be done virtually so we try to do what can be done virtually we try to do it virtually um and we will only kind of do face-to-face stuff where it really needs it and you you're absolutely right there is totally a need for it and not not even just you know because you might need to go and physically look at something but I don't, you know, face-to-face interaction from a kind of relationship and rapport building point of view as well is um, is good. And if it's training delivery, then, that, you know, there's there's certainly still a place for face-to-face um, in training delivery. So, yeah, I think we'll just try and maximise the virtual stuff where we where we can, but recognising that, that really it needs to be a mixture. Right. So when you uh, think about your clients and your growth, so we've we've talked about both of those. What is what is the in your opinion your most successful way of acquiring new clients? Is it by word of mouth or do you have a particular process that you use? Everything that we have so far in terms of either uh, work that's already in progress or that's in the pipeline, honestly, has come through conversations. Um, either directly with somebody or as referrals from some of my kind of strategic partners or from other clients. I personally prefer that way of doing it. I think a big part of the service that we provide is um, the kind of relationships and the personality that that comes with it, you know. So um, making sure that there's that relationship there and making sure that that, there's that personal element there from the very beginning is really important to us okay um i understand that um you're actually in the process of uh relaunching your brand and uh i wondered if you could share with us what exactly is that change to your brand and why did you make the change and and when when is it going to be launched? Have you launched it already or are you still to do it? Yeah, so it is launched on the 15th of July. Um, the process, the actual rebrand process started back in about November, I think it was. Um, so um, the company that helped me with my marketing strategy supported me to pull together a focus group um, comprising clients, um, some of my sort of peers if you like in the business owner community locally um suppliers and it was a session to kind of draw out their views really on um what the personality of the new brand might be based on having worked with me so you know the business is uh, is an extension of me to begin with um but sort of trying to translate that into what the new organization and what the new the, the new business might look like um so that was in November and then obviously the process of kind of looking for the 
right suppliers that I wanted to use for the rebrand um, project and lining up all of their availability. So I was trying to uh, have used um, small businesses or, or even freelancers wherever I can. Um, so just kind of pulling that project team together took a little while. So the process itself took, uh, you know, just over six months, I think, in the end. Um, the reason that I wanted to rebrand was, as I mentioned, I originally set up my limited company just to kind of become a contractor um, project manager. And the brand wasn't really top of the kind of priority list at the time. It, it was it was really just, um, you know, a name to go on the invoice, basically, when when you're contracting. So mm. branding sort of took a back, a back seat, really. And um, I think now that I have a real clear purpose of what it is the business exists to achieve and what it is the business exists to support our clients with. And, um, you know, the team is growing. It's not just about me anymore. So it was just, it was time, time for an overhaul really. And um, time for some, a look and feel really that reflected what it is we're, we're achieving as a business. And is there anything specific that you're doing to uh, relaunch your brand? Uh, do you have a, a physical event or a virtual event? Yeah, so we've got a um, a bit of both, really. So we'll we'll launch it on socials um, at the same time as a physical event that we're running. So um, the physical event is um, happening in Leeds City Centre. Um, it's um, in, we've invited people that are local and ideally can get there on the train. So um, we're kind of discouraging people from driving where we can. Um, and yeah, it'll all happen at the same time, um, three o'clock on the uh, on the 15th of July. Well, we wish you success with that, uh, Danielle. Um, now, I'd like to just sort of go back and explore a little bit about your experience with sustainable businesses um, you said that that's basically one of the areas of your rebrand and obviously there are uh, different types of sustainable business depending on their aspect of sustainability uh -huh. but they have been started because they have had a sustainable business idea from the outset there are traditional businesses that have been doing whatever they've been doing for quite a long time, but they want to become more sustainable. Are you able to support both of those categories of companies? Yeah, so that's an interesting question, actually, because it's a question that I actually asked myself for quite a while. So originally, when I when I sort of set out on this new path into the world of, you know, using business as a force for good and sustainability, I, I recognised that my skill set and my experiences meant that I was better suited to support um, those businesses, like you say, have set themselves up because they had the idea from the outset and that I could provide my, what I used to sort of describe as generic you know operational improvement um expertise the more i the longer i've been in this world now and the more i explore the different types of businesses out there that are wanting to you know make a change and whether that is through their purpose or through their operations um 
I've realized that actually my expertise and knowledge and skills are useful to to all of them but perhaps in slightly different ways so what I'm discovering is those sustainability businesses with sustainability at their core I can help them to be more effective and more efficient Uh, but actually those businesses that are a more traditional business and now are looking to make changes then I can help them to manage and embed those changes so part of my background is change management in quite large operational organizations so I'm able to support them through that process and through that transition Um, and I think for me the most important thing is that I am making a difference that's that's one of the you know my core values both in business and personally is that I can make a difference and therefore you know if I can be of use to organizations regardless of their background as long as they are you know wanting to make a change in the world then I can help them in one way or another and I and that's what I'd love to do. Daniel when you are uh, interacting with clients who have started out with an sustainable business idea at the core of their business do you see that sector growing in your experience and and is it growing quickly or is it just growing sort of plodding along I feel like it's definitely growing quickly I think there are more I'm seeing more accelerator courses as as um, as an example accelerator programs that are aimed specifically either at um purpose-driven as they might describe them or there are specific accelerator programs for um you know carbon specifically for carbon focused um startups so it's definitely growing I think um I mean I would will always say that it could grow quicker um because there are no end of problems that need solving aren't there but um it's definitely getting it's definitely getting bigger There are more networks as well, I think, to support um, sustainability focused businesses. So even just a couple of years ago, when I sort of first started my own journey into the world of sustainability and business and how the two are linked, um, I I struggled to find um, networks and groups um, that focused on sustainability and business as a topic. Um, and now you know today there are there are many more of them there are kind of regional uh, specific ones there's a women in sustainability group there's uh, you know the different elements of sustainability now so for me sustainability is like you say wider than just climate action it's kind of you know equality and health and education and all of that so yeah it's definitely growing and I think it's a really exciting time actually and I think the support for those types of organizations whether it's through those networks or accelerator programs or you know the likes of you and I um I think it's a much easier um world to be trying to do business in now from that from that respect so Danielle uh, if people want to get in touch with you um how, how would you recommend that they do that what's the easiest way to get in touch with you to have a chat about possibly working together yeah, so I mean, email is probably the easiest. So that would be Danielle at optimobusiness.co.uk. Failing that, I'm on LinkedIn most of the time. <laughs> so just search for Danielle Heward on LinkedIn, uh, connect and drop me a message uh, and we can have a chat. Fantastic. 
Thank you, Danielle, for sharing your company with us today. Um, you're obviously not only a sustainable business yourself, but but you're making a difference to a lot of other companies uh, who have decided to go down the sustainability journey. Um, so thank you. We will be bringing you more podcasts featuring our members in the coming months. And next month, uh, we have Keith Harvey talking to us. So thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Please visit our website, https colon double slash forward world sustainability collective.com to follow our activities and learn more about our Purpose Planet podcast series. Please tune in again next month. Goodbye.